Welcome back to another episode of Mastering Money for Moms podcast, where we're discussing the two greatest generational gifts, raising a family and leaving a legacy. If you would, please like, subscribe, and share our podcast with others so we can help educate more people. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. I want to welcome you to the latest episode of Mastering Money for Moms, where we're teaching others how to raise a family and leave a legacy. Two of my favorite topics, and I'm super excited about being here with Michelle Shriver today. Um, Michelle has such a pedigree of wealth behind her. I'm telling you what, folks, she started as an entrepreneur at the young age of 10. That is crazy, where she put out a newsletter to her community, letting them know that she was going to be teaching gymnastics and that they didn't want to miss out on this. I just love, you know, you always hear about the lemonade stands, but who teaches gymnastics? So I, I'm fast. I, I love this. Um, you have went on to become an executive leader for several casino resorts. You're a serial entrepreneur, which started at age 10. And now you've done smoothie cafes, uh, a hospitality recru recruiting company, a copywriting business, and you've even run an automotive performance parts company. I mean, you have such a wide variety. It's not just one particular thing. And the thing I love most and something that's near and dear to my heart is you've leveraged your 401k, your IRAs, to invest in these ventures. And you even mentioned in your bio that you're invested passively in a startup restaurant chain that's going to open this summer. So we'll get into that a little bit more. You're also invested in short-term rentals, uh, but you found your, your way over to multifamily, which is where you and I met. We're both part of the same mentorship networking group, um, which is teaching others how to get how to do syndication and how to um, best put your money to use in big multifamily assets, which typically return bigger ret returns and have tax benefits associated with them. So I'm super excited to have you on here today. I don't want to miss this piece though. Uh, everything that drives you is your family. You've been married for 32 years. You have two adult sons and you have three grandchildren, which you don't look old enough to have. But um, so without further ado, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here with us today. I'm super excited to leverage your knowledge um, and share it with our audience. I know you're going to provide a ton of value to not only me, but to everyone else that's listening. So thank you. Well, thank you so much, um, Jennifer. This is such a pleasure and it really is an honor. I so enjoyed meeting you through multifamily and hearing your story and being inspired by your story. And so this is just a real treat for me to be here. So thank you. Oh, well, good. I'm glad it's mutual. Um, so let's jump right into, first of all, my first question when I was reading your bio is, is everybody in your family, your siblings? Are they all as entrepreneurial as you, or is this something that's just innate in you? It's just me. My parents were W-2, you know, earners of their entire life. Uh, they, they got very worried when I started doing these other things, quite frankly. Um, I have a brother who, uh, he actually uh, has um, 
Um, he he does have a, a business, uh, and then um, unfortunately my sister passed, but uh, she was um, uh, she was I wouldn't say entrepreneurial, but uh, uh, I did I actually in college did a, a documentary on her called Biker Mom. So she lived a different life <laughs> than, um, you know, than all of us. So, uh, but I, oh, wow. I'm not sure where it came from. I just, I love to be busy. I'm driven by results, I guess. And, um, and truly, I think, you know, finding a way to serve others and different things that I do, whether it was the gymnastic class, you know, for my neighbors or, um, you know, I love the smoothies and we ended up, you know, buying, buying, you know, uh, cafes. So that's so fun. So I have to ask you because I'm a true believer in the birth order book. Um, what number are you in your, where do you fall in your family? Well, so my parents were both married before they had me. I am a single child of both of them. And my sister is my mom's daughter and my brother is my dad's son. So I'm not sure. They are both older. Um, they were both 11 years older than I am. Okay. So you're considered a firstborn again. So for those of you that haven't read that book, it is so awesome. And it's fun because they say, once you have a, a, a gender switch, you're, you're considered a firstborn. And then if you have four years between you and your older sibling, that you're considered a firstborn again. And so I, I always love figuring out is, is what somebody is carrying out in their life. Is it innate or is it part of their birth order? Or maybe it's a combination of both, but it sounds like it's all of the above for you, <laughs> which is super fun. Okay. So, um, your husband obviously loves your entrepreneur spirit and has joined you in all of these ventures which is great. Um, how about your kids? Do they still, do they have this entrepreneur spirit like you as well? Very much so. Uh, both of my boys were involved in several of these uh, uh, business ventures as well. They ran our cafes. Uh, they ran different, you know, we had six cafes at it at one time. And so they were involved in that business. Um, my youngest son, uh, he and a buddy own a, um, automotive performance enhancement, uh, uh, company. And, uh, he was involved in the performance parts company that we owned at one point. Uh, and then my oldest son is in construction. Uh, he, he has been in real estate sales. He's been in timeshare sales and now he, um, uh, works with, um, actually someone that he went to high school with, uh, in his company and in, um, as a project manager in construction. So I would say oh. they, they did, uh, follow in our footsteps. <laughs> I, I would say so. Um, so I think that's a growing trend. I know that my boys have started their own company and they're trying to become jet setters and create their own lifestyle that they want to live. I think our generation, probably most of us, you're, you're not the norm, but most of us had W2 jobs or we stayed at home raising our children out of all of the businesses you've done though. I'm curious, which one has been the most lucrative? Cause you've done 
a lot of different things. Yes. Uh, well, I would say the investing is probably the most lucrative out of all of them, but the cafes, we did really well. Um, it, well, it, it, it was a mixed bag with the cafes. We had three in Nevada, three in Colorado. The ones in Nevada killed it. Um, we did incredibly well with those. The ones in Colorado were, um, you know, it was a, it was really a startup. Um, it was a brand new concept to Colorado. Uh, and um, it took a little while for those to get off the ground. Uh, they were never, um, we ended up selling them to someone who wanted to, it was part of a franchise in that, in that case. And they wanted to be in that market and reached out to us to buy them. And my husband was a little burned out on cafes at that point and said, yes, please let's sell. And uh, so we actually ended up selling all of the cafes in 2016 in two different transactions. But um, that was probably the most lucrative, I guess. Um, I, I think so. And that, and probably because there were six of them though, in the hospitality recruiting, uh, that did well. Uh, and I sold that business right before 2020. The timing was so fortuitous oh, wow. because in 2020, no one was hiring and, um, now everybody's hiring, but, um, but I sold it right before that, uh, again, to someone who, um, was looking to expand their recruiting company. And, um, so uh, wow. The sales is what made them actually the most profitable <laughs> it was at the time of sale, similar to right um, apartment syndications. Right. And so for our audience listening, what she's saying is you put in a lot of hard work to grow or add value to your businesses you buy. And in our case, multifamily apartment buildings, we add value to those. And then you really get the biggest chunk of change for your dollar at the time of sale. Um. So that's fascinating. Can we dig in the weeds a little bit? Do you mind if I get a little personal on how you went about purchasing um, your cafes? You know, because I know how we do it in syndication. You know, we have to come up or we have to raise 30 to 50% of the down payment, right? So when you're buying a business, um, I've heard as little as 10% is all you have to come up with. And then you get a small balance loan. Am I thinking of that correctly? Or, you know, correct me on what you have to do to buy a small franchise, like what you did. Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I, I have had a W2 off and on throughout the years as well. And I consider that my biggest investor in my businesses because of, you know, the income that I earned from that. And so when I bought the cafes, uh, we actually bought an existing cafe, uh, and we did have a small loan on that. We did put a hefty down payment on it, but we had a small loan on that, that we paid off quickly because I'm very debt averse, to be honest. I'm a Dave Ramsey follower and, you know, paid off all my consumer debt and my house and, <laughs> and everything. Um, and so, uh, so we bought that yes, with a, a small business loan. Um, through the SBA. And, uh, and then we cash flowed most of the rest of our um, cafes and the builds. In some cases, we had to take on a little debt to, um, to get us there. But um, we were able to use, uh, you know, our, our, our savings, um, our, um, you know, and, and small loans to do that. 
And then with my hospitality recruiting company, I was actually able to use my, um, I was able to do a 401k, uh, shoot, I'm trying to remember what it was called, but uh, it was basically using your 401ks to invest in a business. Um, I had to use a third party company to do that, but um, I was able to buy that then really just with the earnings that I had been, you know, making for years investing in my 401k. That's fascinating. You know, when I first graduated from college, I got a finance degree and nobody ever educated me on the fact that you could use your IRA to invest in real estate. And when I went to my financial advisor and said, can I invest in real estate? They told me no. What I later learned is I can, I just needed a custodian to do it and they couldn't do it on my behalf. Yes. So the same thing with my 401k, we went to my husband's company and said, can we use my husband's 401k? And they said, no, you can borrow against it up to $50,000. But what I hear you saying is I actually can use my husband's 401k. We have to find a custodian to make that happen. Is that correct? I, I, this was a 401k, um, that from a previous company. So there's, I think there's something to that. Oh, okay. So I don't want to misspeak, but it was um, a 401k that I had already built up and I had already left the company. So, okay. Yes. My husband, we, we talked about maybe he should leave the company just so we can get access to that 401k funds, <laughs> but th that's somebody that loves real estate like you and I do. And we, we love I don't want to say I am a risky investor because I feel like I'm a very conservative investor. I, I rarely invest in anything that has any risk. I want to make sure that everything I touch is pretty well a guarantee um, because I'm at an age that I can't make up for the loss that I incur or, you know, should, you know, a downturn happen. Um, so thank you for sharing about that. I, I really love that. Now, I also know you are building a condo in La Paz, Mexico. Yeah. And when you shared this with me a couple of weeks ago, I was just taken back at the prices. Do you mind sharing with our audience about your little secret? Oh, sure. So we were just visiting Cabo just for fun. Uh, but, you know, I'm kind of a real estate junkie. And so we had uh, worked with uh, I had been referred to a real estate agent out there. And uh, so we decided we were just going to look around and see if there was something that, you know, struck our fancy, I guess. Uh, not really thinking we would dive in in the moment, but we ended up going over to La Paz, which is the uh, capital of Baja California Sur. And it's just a different feel. It's, it's so beautiful. It's, it's just really a pristine area. Uh, you, you know, the beach runs, you know, the length of the city, I think. And there's a Malacan, you know, there's a walkway all along it. And up a hill, there was this condo development uh, being built. And so we went up to take a look, really kind of just for fun, and ended up falling in love with uh, the views from that um, that place, and then also looked at other condos that this company had built because you know it's outside the country, and we're thinking, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, but uh, the realtor was really terrific and helping us, you know, helping explain uh, what the legalities are and buying in Mexico and how far you are from the water, and there's all kinds of things that you have to learn. But 
the condo is a two bedroom condo. I want to say it's about, it's about 14, 1500 square feet. It's not large, but, um, it, uh, was less than $300,000 <laughs> and I was blown away at the value and the, in the fixtures that they're putting in. We just got some progress pictures and we're hoping to go out there and May to see it for ourselves. Um, it'll be done by the end of this year. And we plan to Airbnb it out when we're not there. So, you know, we'll use it as an investment vehicle, but, um, the, the quality is just really phenomenal. And I'm pretty shocked at the price, relatively speaking, to what you can buy in a beach town, right? You know, in the US. So yeah, we're, we're super yeah. excited about that. Yeah. And when we were having our intro call, uh, kind of preparing for this, I was in Florida looking at beach homes and everything I was looking at was at least 1.5 million and greater. If you want to live in anything that's really decent, you know, that you could uproot your family and move to. And ever, actually the, the only thing I found that I fell in love with was 2.4 million. So your 300,000 <laughs> just seems like a drop in the bucket. Yeah. So what is that? I mean, you mentioned that it's by Big Sur, California. Do you have to go through the Mexican border to get to La Paz? Yeah, it's actually you Baja across- Sur, California. So it's okay. just kind of a part of Mexico. Um, oh, okay. you know, off the, you know, you know, near the border, I guess. Um, okay. But yes, you definitely are in Mexico proper. It's about two hours outside of Cabo. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I've never heard of it. I'm sure they're going to get a lot of people coming there because of this <laughs> podcast and everybody's going to want to check this out. Um, now I know you said you're a big Dave Ramsey fan, so you'll probably be paying for all of this in cash, right? Over time. Uh, yes. I mean, I, uh, you know, when I look at, uh, well, certainly the, the condo in Mexico, you can't finance. So you have okay. to pay for that in cash. Okay. Um, and I, I do try to, I'm, I'm similar, you know, to you, I'm, I'm pretty risk averse. Um, uh, I, I don't know if I'm risk averse, but I, I like to ensure that I'm making smart decisions. I do a lot of research. I'm pretty conservative in terms of underwriting, you know, especially when you're looking at apartment deals. And so I like to be able to fund as much as I can with cash. And then that way I know, you know, if the bottom falls out, I still, you know, I mean, I'm still good. And that has really served me well in the past. Um, when I paid off my house, literally two months later, uh, this was in January, 2020, the bottom fell out of, in the country. And, um, I actually ended up, I had a W2 at the time I had been a consultant. They hired me, uh, and then they immediately had to lay me off <laughs> during, um, the pandemic. And, but everything that I had was paid for. And I ended up, my mom, unfortunately ended up, um, right at that same time, it was March, 2020, she, uh, found out she had an aggressive form of cancer and I was able to basically drop everything and move in with her in California and take care of her for the last nine months of her life. And I was only able to do that because I had no debt. I had no, nothing I owed anyone. My husband's job was able to pay for our, you know, our food and our utilities and you know all the things back home. And, um, so, uh, 
so that um, I, it's, it's just worked well. That, that philosophy has worked well for me. Well, I, um, it certainly was a gift for you and your mom and kudos to you for being so diligent about, you know, paying down your debt. I can tell you, my husband and I like to leverage every dollar we have. So we, we don't use that same philosophy. I see how beneficial it is and the freedom that it does create. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so I applaud you for, for doing that and living that out and, uh, just getting that time with your mom. What a special time. And I'm sure you, you're just so grateful for that. It, It was an incredible blessing. Uh, it's something that I wish the circumstances were different, but I never would have been able to spend that time with her if it wasn't. And um, uh, it was one of the most meaningful things I've ever done in my life. So, yeah, that's beautiful. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your startup restaurant chain that you're in, you're passively investing in. So you're finding unique opportunities that most people don't get exposure to. How did you find out about this startup restaurant chain? So I met her when we had our smoothie cafes uh, in Nevada, in Las Vegas area. And uh, she had actually started uh, uh, within this franchise. She had started the first, gosh, I think it was at least a dozen cafes um, many years ago. And so I had met her through uh, that venture um, back then. And she is, I know her really well. I know what her drive is. Um, she's terrific with media uh, and um, very high standards for quality. And she is starting, uh, she has created the recipes. Many of them are uh we actually have some Italian uh, product that is um, that is part of uh, the recipes, and it's all gluten free, and it can also be dairy free. It's you know can be sugar free. You know just you know a lot of different types of products, but the entire um, cafe is gluten free, and so I just really believe in the product. We've taste tested it said, oh my gosh, I, I wouldn't think any of this is gluten-free. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, I'm, I don't need a gluten-free diet, but I feel better when I eat, you know, um, when I eat better and when I, when I don't have gluten in my diet. So, uh, so that resonated with me, but my husband who could care less <laughs> about any of that said, this tastes great. I don't, you know, I, yeah, gluten-free or not, I, you know, I love it. And so, um, so because I know her, I know what she's capable of. I know, uh, you know, I know about her. I was willing to invest in the company. There's obviously a lot of other investors. You don't get something like that off the ground without, uh, a lot of investment. And, um, and it was other people that she's met along the way as well that, you know, some from the hospitality or restaurant industry and some that, you know, just know her, you know, have, um, you know, trust, you know, what, what she's building and who she's surrounded herself with. And so, um, and she can negotiate a mean lease. So, uh, <laughs> that's, so I feel good lot, about, right? um, yeah. the location okay. she, she's selected too. So, oh, that's fun. Yeah. 
Well, I'm excited for you and excited to have you back on here to talk more about that and what your investment experience has been with that. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like to dive deeper on and share an experience, um, something you look back and think, hmm, I probably would have done that differently or, oh my gosh, I'm so glad we did this besides paying off your house and having that freedom, right? Sure. Um, gosh, that's such a great question. You know, I, I just feel, you know, I feel incredibly fortunate. I have, I have been incredibly blessed throughout, you know, my life that is not lost on me. I've had a lot of opportunities. Uh, you know, my parents were middle-class people, but they really poured into me and my education. Neither of them had went to college. You know, they, it was important to them that I went to college. My boys, by the way, haven't gone to college. That's not a path they wanted to take, you know, like, you know, they are very entrepreneurial and they've done really well without it, but it was something that my parents really pushed me to do. And I think there's something to the fact of when you start something, you finish it. And, um, even when it's hard and I didn't necessarily love parts of it, um, but, uh, I feel like it served me well and having that um, you know, that drive, even in the biz, even in the W2s that I've had, uh, I think that it's that, um, willingness to kind of continue to go above and beyond and just serve others. And, and I never asked for a promotion in the first company that I was with, and I was with them for 18 years. Um, even in the midst of, I had my cafes during that time, <laughs> I had my hospitality recruiting company after that, but, um, uh, and my copywriting business, um, after, after that as well, but we started the cafes when I was still working and, um, but I had five promotions during that time. I never asked for one of them. I just, I just worked hard. I looked at what, what is the need and where can I add value? And, um, and, you know, it kind of, you know, it came <laughs> and, and I think that's why I love multifamily is because you have an opportunity to add value to not only all of the investors that are participating in that, but to the residents that are in, you know, those apartment complexes that, you know, people like you and I, and the, the, those we surround ourselves with, you know, purchase because, we care about the residents and we care about adding value to them and their experience, which then in turn provides value to all of those that invested in it. And I think that has just served me really well um, to, uh, to look for ways to add value. And I feel like that's, you know, part of why I've had the blessings that I've had um, other than my faith as well is obviously a key part of that. And, um, and so I think well, that's it goes, yeah, well, that was a beautiful answer. It, it goes back to do unto others as you would have them do unto you and, yeah. um, serve others first, right. Add mm -hmm. value where you can. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that. I know we haven't talked at all about apartment syndications and <laughs> you said that that's something that you're really passionate about and it's probably the most lucrative. So I'm curious, what does 2023 have in store for you? Are you passively investing in other people's deals? Are you looking to do your own deals or to kind of catch us up with where you're at in that arena right now? Sure. Thank you. Um, yes, both. 
so I, I'm both a passive investor as a limited partner. And um, right now I'm a co-GP on a, on a deal um, that is in Atlanta. Uh, we're actively capital raising on that one right now. Um, at the time this airs, it might be closed, but uh uh, and that one's for accredited investors. And so I had an opportunity. I really believed in the deal. Um, someone asked, you know, is, is this something you'd like to participate in? Do you think you can? And, um, and, and what, you know, and again, what value do you bring to the team? And uh, so, and I feel that, you know, I know just because of, you know, my past experiences, uh, you know, I, I have, you know, there's people that I know that I know are looking for alternate alternative investments that they can invest in with, you know, better tax benefits, especially, you know, higher income earners. It's tough because you pay a lot in taxes, whether yeah. on your own business or, you know, as a W-2. And so having an investment or having an, you know, an, an income vehicle that you don't typically pay a lot of taxes on, if any, is, um, you know, depending on, you know, where you're at in the cycle. Uh I think that that, you know, it just fits for me. And so I was able to be a capital raiser. I'll be part of, you know, investor relations. Um, you know, I have a marketing background way, way back in the day. And um, so I think that um, I'm really excited about that opportunity. There's another one that we're looking at that we could potentially also be a co-GP, a co-general partner in. Um, but I'm always looking for, you know, that passive investment as well. I'm looking for those deals that, you know, are just solid, well underwritten, um, relatively conservative deals that um, we can, you know, put money into, you know, let it grow and, um, you know, provide that generational wealth in the, you know, in the long term. So we definitely involved in both. Um, you sound like us. I'm an investor first, first and foremost. Um, I want to make sure that every dollar we have that we've earned, we're putting it to good use and making it grow. Mm -hmm. And so I'm great. I'm so happy to hear that you've got some things in the hopper and it sounds like uh, you're going to be a phenomenal general partner. I know you're going to um, have the best interests of your investors in mind in all that you do. So let me talk about real quickly the tax benefits, because it's something I haven't ever discussed with anybody. But for those of you that are listening, let me just share that um, you used to be able to depreciate a building every single time there's a new buyer. The IRS says, hey, you can depreciate that building over 27 and a half years. And then Trump got into office and in an effort to um, accelerate and give increased benefits and get more cash circulating in the environment. And people are actually enticing investors to step up and invest in real estate. He allowed you to take 27 half years of depreciation and put it all into year one, a hundred percent bonus depreciation. So you captured it all in year one. Now, when Biden got into office, he said, hold on. For those of you that are W-2 earners that make over $125,000, you can't take that depreciation in, in every year like a professional real estate investor can or somebody that's deemed a real estate professional like you and I. Now, the in incredible thing is you could take um, that depreciation, though, at the time of sell. 
So it will help offset any capital gains that you experience at the time of sale. So some people are like, oh man, I can't take my depreciation in the year it was given because I make too much money. Yes, that is accurate. However, think about if the goal is for us to double your money in three to five years on a multifamily asset, you get to offset all of that depreciation in the year that it sells. And so then you're paying as minimal as possible on that capital gain. So I think it's a really great benefit. Now, Biden has also um, put into place that it's a step down moving forward. So last year was the last year for 100% depreciation. This year, it'll be 80% depreciation and we'll step down to 60 and then 40. And eventually it'll disappear again and it'll go back to 27 and a half years unless we have a new president that says, nope, we're going to go back to 100% depreciation. But this is the fun that we get to have in real estate, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm curious, I, I assumed you were a deemed or a um, classified real estate professional. Is that the case for you? Because you've got your hands in a lot of different things. Yeah, no, I'm not. I don't meet the time parameters for that. Uh, okay. My husband's working on that. We'll see if he if he reaches the you know, the, you know, the amount of hours that you need to spend, uh, and on real estate to be considered, you know, a, a real estate professional, but I do not. Yeah. So I know that the parameters were 700 hours and that was bumped to 750 hours a year. So it's not that difficult. The other constraint a lot of people have is they love real estate. They do it part-time. They can meet the 750, but then I heard there was a secondary thing there that you can't make more than 40% of your income from another source. Is that correct? Have you heard the same thing? That's, I have heard that and I, I'm not positive on the percentages, but that's what I've heard as well. And so those times when I have, you know, the other investments or a W-2 at the time, you know, I, I've been a consultant, you know, off and on for years as well. And so, um, the, uh, it just hasn't worked out. Um, it hasn't worked out for me at the time. So. Yeah. Yeah. But that's something for everybody in the audience mm -hmm. to think about. If, if you want to save even more, I get to take a hundred percent depreciation or 80% this year on our taxes every single year, because I am classified as a real estate professional now, and this is how I make the majority of all of my money. So um, if it's something that if you're in a position where you're thinking, I want to be a stay-at-home mom full-time, or I want to walk away from my W-2 job, these are some things to consider because it's it's a great way to take advantage of some great deductions on your income taxes. And real estate is just fun. It is just a fun space to be in. And who doesn't want to double your money every five years, right? Absolutely. Yes. It's yeah. the most fun that I've had. I, you know, I, of all the investments that I've done, it's certainly, it's, you know, and multifamily in particular, because it's a team sport. Everybody always says it's a team sport and it really is. And the people that you meet along the way, you know, it's, it's um, incredibly rewarding and I have never met a better group of people, quite frankly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fun. That, that's what I think about this group too. Not, and I don't know, it might be unique to our particular networking group probably, 
but people are there to help lift one another up. And that's what I really, really love is you get to fly with people or, you know, they say birds of a feather flock together. And I certainly think that about our group. So I'm so grateful that I got to meet you. How can our audience get to know you better? What's the best way to connect with you? I, I do love being on social media. So I'm on Instagram. Uh, it's Michelle Shriver. If you're looking at my handle, I don't know, is that the right word? But yeah. um, it's like Michelle Shriver, M-A-K. It's my husband and I's initials. But um, and then on Facebook, it's also Michelle Shriver, M-A-K. And uh, and then on LinkedIn as well. So you can find me okay. all those places. Um, okay. Well, that's wonderful. One last question for you, and then I'll let you go and let our audience move on with their day. Any favorite book you've read recently that you're like, ah, oh, that's life-changing for me. Any podcasts that you can think of? Oh gosh. I listen to, I listen to your podcast. I listen to podcasts <laughs> every day, um, but you know, the most life-changing book and I reread it. So I guess I can say it was recently because I've read it. I reread it recently is the miracle morning. And, uh, it's, it's by Hal Elrod and it truly changed my life. And every time I read it and he has a lot of reiterations now it's, you know, real estate or not, um, uh, you know, miracle morning for writers, miracle morning for, you know, all entrepreneurs. Um, so, um, different things like that, but how you start your day, it really made an impact in being so much more intentional about how I start my day. And, um, it's, you know, I think it's a key part of, you know, kind of what's made me who I am and, and have success. And, um, so I, I love that book. I recommend it to. I, I love that book too. I, I started the thinking that, you know, you win the morning, you win the day. Yes. And yeah. I think that if you can win the first three to four hours of your, your day, start them off, right? Anything extra over that is gravy. You just, it changes your, changes your entire trajectory of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I, agree. I agree. Well, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for your time this morning. Thank you for being here. And um, audience, if you would please like subscribe and share our podcast with others um, it will help our grow our community of financially savvy women and make um, us be become better women in our families. So with that, thank you, everyone. Have a blessed day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mastering Money for Moms podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, follow, and leave a rating or review because it helps support the growth of this podcast. Also, I'd be so grateful if you would please share our podcast on Instagram and tag me at Mastering Money for Moms to help us grow our community of mothers. We'll see you on the next episode of Mastering Money for Moms.